0: Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Bread for the broken. I've walked
1: in the doors of churches many times thinking I'm good only to have that word choked out of my life because I can't stop thinking about this thing that's going on when he's, you know, the guy's giving the word or whoever is, and I just and you know I'm Amen. Yeah, it's probably a good message, good message. Man, I got this thing, Lord, I got this thing, I need to deal with this thing. And I'm not saying you can't shouldn't be praying. You should always be praying. Pray without ceasing. But I would say that we need to be cautious that those cares and those concerns don't choke out the word that's trying to bring new life within to our lives.
0: It's so true, isn't it? Our lives can be difficult and stressful, to say the least, and those difficulties and stressors can choke out what God is trying to say to you. Whether you're part of a large megachurch or a small country church, what God is speaking to you can be hindered if you allow distractions to keep you from hearing what He's trying to say. As Pastor James shares today, you can choose what to focus on. You can choose to focus on the problem or God, the problem solver. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Mark chapter 4 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken.
1: The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain uh, in the ear. Obviously, speaking of wheat here. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle uh, because the harvest has come. So he's basically saying, look, he's like, look, here's what I want you to know. Because the first sower of the seed in the first parable was Jesus. And now he's kind of delegating this responsibility onto his followers. He's like, now you're the farmers. Now you have the seed. Now here's what I want you to do. Go out and spread the seed out there. Well, should I stay up all night and stress and just, you know, set up a little camp around this one little spot where I planted all these seeds and just try to make this happen? You're not going to make anything happen. If it's the Lord, if it's his work, if it's his will, it's going to happen. Whether you stress or lose sleep about it doesn't matter because if it's his will, it'll happen. We get stressed out over so much stuff in Christianity. It's crazy. What are we trying to make happen? You're going to try to make that plant grow faster? You're not able to. I don't know what mutant powers you think you may have to make plants grow faster, but it's not happening. I'm just going to sweet talk this thing. I'm going to sweet talk it, sing it beautiful songs. It's like, it's going to grow when it grows. You just have to give the seed out. Your responsibility as farmers, that's what we all are. Welcome to the agricultural you know, thing called Christianity. We're farmers, we're shepherds, that's what we do. Bottom of the totem pole, guys, that's who we are. That's who we are. But man, this word brings life. The word brings life in due season. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Right? Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Don't grow weary of, of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. You get out there, you share the seed, share the seed. Don't stress it, don't sweat about it, don't worry about it. The harvest will happen. The harvest will happen. Well, how much is the harvest? Is it 30? Is it 60? Is it 100 fold? It doesn't matter. It's the Lord's business. It's not your business. Your business is to distribute the seed and then go to sleep, and then wake up the next day, and do what farmers do. Spread some more seed. Maybe somebody else is going to come, and they need to water wherever that seed was spread. That needs to happen, right? So it's just a constant thing of like, just show up. Just show up. Do what the Lord has called you to do. But then at nighttime, go to bed and get some good sleep, some rest for your soul. No more stressing. No worries, right? No worries. That's a Saying I've developed since living here in Galveston, I've had nothing but worries. But I'm like, well, if I just keep saying that, I think it'll be true. Um, not really. I've always said that, but in Christianity, it truly is like the Lord's like, no worries, no worries. He even tells us, don't worry. I mean, it's actually a sin when we do it. He's like, don't do this, and we're like, but I, if I don't do this, and nothing will happen. He's like, no, you're killing yourself. You're killing yourself. Quit worrying. Plant the seeds go to bed, wake up, and when it's time to harvest, you'll know it's time to harvest. Just got to wait on the Lord. I think we were just singing a song about that. Just wait on him. He knows when to show up. And the harvesting and the plant growth and all the stuff, it's the Lord's business. It's his business. Praise God for whatever role you get to play within that. If you're the sower of the seed, if you're the waterer of the seed, you'll never be the grower of the seed because that's only his job. But maybe he'll let you participate in the harvesting of, this, of the plants. Whatever it is, we need, to do, we need to get better at this, praising him for whatever role he lets us play. Some of your stories, you're wanting to be a part of the harvest. He may not have you there within that specific story. Because maybe he's just using you to plant the seed. For some of you, in whatever other story you have going on, he, just, he has you there to water. The water, the word of God is like the water of life. He has you there to water that seed. But maybe not to harvest it, maybe not to plant it. You're already just working off of something else that somebody's already done. And then maybe for some of you, you just come in at the right time and you're like, hey, you want to know Jesus? And they're like, yes. And then the guy next to you is like, I've been telling you that for 20 years. You sowed the seed be happy. We don't need the credit. We don't need all this stuff. We just need to be content with what God's called us to do. That's it. So the next one, the mustard seed. This is the last little parable here. Okay. This is a weird one. Um, In verse 30, it says, he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It's like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown in the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. We know it's, he's, I'll clarify that in a second. Because if you get, let me push pause. If you get hung up on this because you're like, well, technically the orchid seed is smaller than the mustard seed. You're missing the point of the story, okay? Let me just stop you right there. There are smaller seeds. I know it's not technically, literally what he's saying in all of, you know, Herbology, all right? So just chill out, okay? Don't let that weed choke out the truth that might be trying to be implanted within your heart right now. Okay, he says, verse 32: Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. Okay, so we think sometimes we look at that and you're like, oh, that's kind of cool, that's kind of cool. I don't think that's good at all within the context of the parables. Because the bird is the bad guy in the first parable. So here's what's going on. He says, you got this mustard seed, which mustard seeds are very tiny. They're, they are very tiny. Um, I remember one time, uh, our pastor, Bill Gim up in Amarillo, had a whole like envelope full of mustard seeds, one sermon, and he just like threw them out into the congregation. And you're like, well, Bill, what are you doing? And they're hitting people, you know, because you can't see them because they're so small. Um, they're tiny, tiny little seeds. But what happens is this tiny seed gives life to a plant, which is a, a, a good plant, the mustard, the mustard tree, or it's more like a shrub. But that this thing turns into a monstrosity. And sometimes we equate like size and status with like health. And it doesn't always mean that. It doesn't always mean that. Sometimes we judge that. We like to judge churches based off of that, especially if it's a big church, it's a good church. It's a healthy church. And then that's a good lie. That's a really good lie. It's a small church. It's a healthy, it's a, that's a Christ, Acts, book of Acts type of church. Not true. Not exactly true. Not exactly true. Small doesn't mean better. Bigger doesn't mean bad and all that good stuff. There's great, there are tremendous churches out there that are mega churches. Tremendous churches. And they're being used by the Lord to win people to the kingdom and amen to that. And there's a bunch of little small churches that are amazing small churches. We need both. We need both. There's big churches that are bad churches. There are. There's little churches that are bad churches. Doesn't matter. The size of it doesn't matter all that much. Here's the problem with the mustard seed and this this shrub, this plant that grows out of this thing. He says it, it takes root, and we've seen this with the his, church history. If you ever gone through church history, you can, you can identify this. You really just have to read the book of Acts and you would see what he's talking about here. The church started small. Here's Jesus with 12 disciples. Yeah, I know that there's some more there, but let's, we're using the number 12. He starts off small. This thing has small beginnings. And then book of Acts, thousands of people get saved. Church is growing. More people get saved. Church is growing and growing and growing. All good stuff, all great stuff. Over the years, this thing has developed into this, I mean, it's huge. It's huge. And the problem with this, this shrub or this tree is that its branches become so large that the birds of the air take up residency within the tree itself. It says the birds of the air can make nests in its, in its shade. So they're like hanging out in the mustard tree. And, and unless, look, unless it's a dove, then it's a bad bird, okay? Because there's the dove that was like the Holy Spirit came down descending like a dove, right? But we know from the first parable, there's a bird and its only purpose and intent was to snatch up the seed that was cast onto the hard ground. And it's a sad day when the church provides or gives room to birds of the air. So we can see this, like this tree that it's, it's a big, it becomes a big shrub for sure, but it's it's grown into this monstrosity. And when it gets to the point where the bad birds like to build nests within the church, that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. And this is something that we need to be aware of, especially within our day and age today, is we're not, I mean, we're not checking for birds, so to speak, but here's what you need to be doing. We need to be checking our hearts to make sure when we show up, like, and this is good practice, each and every day, you may not do this, but maybe you'll start. You say, Lord, I pray that you would prepare my heart. I pray that you would prepare my heart for your word, for your word, because I don't need no bird coming through trying to like snatch up any seed that's being tossed out onto my heart. I also don't need any like lack of depth within my heart, Lord. If there's any rocks, bedrock within there, please remove that. There's any thorns within my heart, Lord? Please take care of those. And those thorns are the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and, 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 and all that good stuff. He, just, Lord, will you please remove all those thorns? Will you remove, will you protect me from the birds? Will you just make my heart where it's, can, it can just receive your word? That's what I need. That's a good practice when you show up to church, whether it be a Sunday, a Wednesday, small group, whatever it may be good practices. Before you go through whatever doors that they are, you say, Lord, please prepare my heart for your word today. Don't walk in under the assumption of like, I'm good. Are you really? Are you really? I've walked in the doors of churches many times thinking I'm good, only to have that word choked out of my life. Because I can't stop thinking about this thing that's going on when he's, you know, the guy's giving the word or whoever is, and I just, and I'm, amen. Yeah, it's probably a good message, good message. Man, I got this thing. Lord, I got this thing. I need to deal with this thing. And I'm not saying you can't, shouldn't be praying. You should always be praying. Pray without ceasing. But I would say that we need to be cautious that those cares and those concerns don't choke out the word that's trying to bring new life within to our lives this mustard seed parable thing. Uh, again, I, I've read commentaries that would say like, yeah, it's a good thing. Church grows and it's awesome. It's big and it's awesome. And I'm like, well, but why are there birds there? <laughs> like, it'd be really awesome if the birds aren't there because within the context, the birds only hang around so it could snatch up seed. So what we want, what our goal is, and I can only speak for Calvary Galveston, our, what our goal is, is to have just a healthy church. It doesn't have to be big. I don't care about big churches, being a big church. I don't care about that. It doesn't matter to me. What I care about is health. What I care about is receptivity concerning the word of God in our hearts, in our, our ears open. Are they receiving? Are we in a state where we can show up and we can sing songs of praise Him because He is so worthy of it? But is my heart ready to receive His word? Because I don't know about you guys, man, but I need His word planted, implanted within my heart on a daily basis. Because it seems like the soil is always shifting. It seems like there's always something going on. And I can't rely on yesterday's word to get, get me through today. I mean, I praise God for the, the scriptures and the word that, I've, that I have hidden within my heart. And it gets me through very difficult days, for sure. But what, what I want for myself, what, what we want for us as Calvary Galveston is to be able to show up and be, you know, man, Lord, work on my heart. Here's my heart, jurors. And our church would be that of a a healthy church that is fruitful for the kingdom of God. And yeah, the seed's going to germinate and it's going to do what it needs to do and it's going to spring forth to life and all that good stuff. And that's beautiful. And let it be fruitful so that it benefits other people. Absolutely. But Lord, there are birds that want to kind of mess everything up. Can you please keep the birds away? Charles Spurgeon used to say concerning our thought life, he likened it to like birds flying over your head. He's like, I can't do anything about the birds flying over my head. Can't do anything about that. But I can do something about the ones that want to nest up in my hair, right? So he's like, I have something to say over those. And those are the ones I want to shoo away. The ones that are passing by and all that stuff, I can't do anything about those. But I can stop them from making a nest in my hair. And it's the same for you and I. Lord, there's a bird. He wants to snatch up seed and all that good stuff. Lord, I know if I stay in your word, stay in your word, put on that helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, gird, you know, gird my loins with the belt of truth, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, shield of faith, sword of the Spirit, which is the spoken word of God. Man, that's, um, that's some good uh, ammunition against some birds that are flying around trying to steal seed. But that's what he would liken the kingdom of God to. He's like, look, it's going to grow. It's going to grow. It's, just, it's going to. There's no stopping this thing. It will grow. The kingdom of God will grow. Absolutely. And it will be fruitful and, it, and all that. But there, we have to be aware that there are some things that come along with that when it grows into gigantic proportions. We don't want to give place for birds within the kingdom of God. And that's, I think that's oftentimes a practical thing that we miss out too. It's because we, we, we love the Jesus thing where everybody's okay with God. But we love the Jesus thing. That kind of is what distinguishes us. And we, we appreciate the Holy Spirit. Hopefully we love them all the same because three and one. Um, but then when it comes to like the enemy, we were like, well, I don't know about all that stuff. The enemy is very real. He's very real. And you need to be cautious of the enemy and how he trying to work within your life. Because look, I can promise you this. He's always looking to snatch up seed and he doesn't care where it is. He doesn't care where it is. And as you go out and minister the gospel and you're spreading the gospel, spreading the seed out there, you need to be aware of the fact that there's a bird that wants to snatch up the seed that you're sharing with other people. And we've got to be proactive within that and say, Lord, get the birds away. Because you've probably been sowing seed or trying to sow seed into somebody that you care about their life. And they're so hard. The heart's so hard. And the bird just keeps snatching it up. Well, we need to get smart and say, Lord, I'm going to go share with them. Would you please keep that bird away from them? Will you prepare their heart to receive your word today? Bird's a bad guy in the story. That's all I know. That's all I know about this parable and the mustard seed and all good stuff. I just know it's going to grow. The kingdom of God is going to do what he's called, what he said it's going to do. The gates of hell can, will not prevail against it. Will not prevail against it. And just because there's some birds in the branches doesn't mean you chop down the tree. Okay, that's a good lesson for us to learn these days because we just want to kill everything. Like, seriously, it's like cancel this stuff. I get it. Some things, man, yeah, that's fine. But when it comes to church and all this good stuff, just because you have a bad experience within a church doesn't mean we burn the whole thing down. Just deal with the birds. Deal with the birds. Deal with the problem. The kingdom of God's going to do what it's going to do. There's no stopping it. There's no stopping it. And he, he throws these things out there. And I, I love how he kind of sets all this stuff up with his disciples who are already asking him the questions. Well, what does that mean? I get that. I understand the light and you use it to illuminate within your house or but How does that work within the kingdom of God? And he's like, I'm glad you asked. Let's go and hang out a little bit more. And that's where really what the whole point of these these last whole parables are for you and, and for me it is we go through them, we do our best to practically understand these things and apply them, but I hope we don't leave it at that. I hope that you and I can go away today and say, Lord, what about that lamp thing? How does that how does that work in my life? How how is that working in my life? Am I hiding it? Or am am I displaying it? What about that mustard seed thing, Lord? Where do I fit within that story? How does that apply to my life personally? Is there birds that I'm allowing to take nest or to take up residence within me? Lord, if so, then let's get rid of these things. The whole purpose of parables is to cause you to go to him and ask him, what were you talking about? (laughs) What do you mean? Because he loves that. He loves it. I love the fact that Jesus is so gracious and compassionate and he doesn't expect us to get it 100% of the time. I love it when he can put out these, these parables, these stories that we always think we have to get everything right. And we always think that we have to understand everything and you're not gonna understand everything. But I love that he can plant those seeds within our, our brains. And man, we do really well if we just, take a second to go off to a quiet place and say, okay, Lord, I don't understand any of this stuff. How does this apply to me? What am I supposed to do with this? Mustard seed, mustard plant, birds, what does that mean for me? I have no idea what that means for me. And he's like, I'm glad you asked because you want more, I'll give you more. If you want more, I'll give you more. If you're content with what you have, then that's good. Don't hold on too tightly to it because it may not last. But if you want more by how you measure, it will be measured back to you. You want some more understanding? Come hang out with me. I love that about the Lord and his little parable section. This is like the end of it. He will continue to preach in parables. We see that the last little part here says, with many such parables, he spoke the word to them. This is amazing that Mark with alongside with Peter as you know this this gospel gets recorded for us are like we're just gonna we're gonna highlight these parables. There were many more parables that Jesus taught with. It says as they were able to hear it, so he used parables to speak the word to them, but only to the degree that they could actually handle it. Because you and I can walk through these things and we're just like, what, huh? You're in good company if that's how you feel, because his disciples are the same way. Where they're like looking at each other and like. You ask him. No, you ask him. I don't want to ask him. I don't want to look like an idiot. And you're like, no, no, Peter, Peter always, Peter has no problem speaking up. Peter, ask him what it means. And Peter's like, all right, fine. Um, but that's where he wants us to be. He wants you to just come and hang out with him. Just hang out with him. He did not speak to them without a parable, verse 34, but privately privately to his own disciples, his students, his disciples, those who sat at his feet, he explained everything. Um, the the of, gospel accounts would go on to let us know that when it's time for Jesus in that last Passion Week, uh, when he's gonna be going away, he tells his boys, he's like, look, I'm gonna go away, but it's actually better for you that I go away because the Father's gonna send the helper, the Holy Spirit, and he will lead you, guide you into all truth. Um, for you and I, he's been made available for us. And those who sit at his feet can gain some understanding. And that's the encouragement to spend time with the Lord Jesus. Open up your word and ask, Holy Spirit, please teach me from this word because I want to be one of these disciples who privately everything was explained to them. You and I, we should be like that. You should spend that time with the Lord saying, all right, Lord, I need you to explain some stuff to me. And he will, and he will. When? That, that, in that moment? Probably not. Maybe. He might give you a little bit of illumination here or there, whatever, what, what, what you need for that moment and that time. But you have a lifelong journey of this, a lifelong journey where things that you, scriptures that you wrestled with at a certain point in time, when it's right, when the harvest is right, he knows how to say, oh yeah, remember that? This is what this means. And this is Why? So stay committed to the Lord Jesus. Keep your eyes fixed on him, the author and the finisher of our faith. Man, and get out there and sow the seed, the gospel. Get out there and share the word of God. That's what you are. You're a farmer. You gotta you you gotta whole supply of it right here. Go out and share this thing and go to sleep at night. And like the proverbs say, get some some sweet sleep. And wake up in the morning and see what happens. See what happens. But hang out with Jesus in His Word.
0: Thanks for joining us today here on Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. Pastor James has been teaching through the Gospel of Mark this book is fast-paced, you'll notice as you keep studying with us that Jesus was on the move quite a lot. He did what needed to be done, and then he moved on to the next thing. Jesus packed a lot of service into his time here on earth, culminating in the greatest act of sacrifice ever, dying on the cross for everybody. If Jesus was consistently moving and serving, shouldn't we also be doing the same? Our faith doesn't say that we should just sit back and let others do the work. We're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus right here, right now. So go and do whatever it is that the Lord has gifted you with. Go share the good news of the gospel and then demonstrate it by how you love and serve people. Bread for the Broken is a ministry of Calvary Galveston, and we would love to meet you. Visit breadforthebroken.com for more information. Would you like to do something for us? Would you pray for your fellow listeners? Pray that God would open their hearts and minds to His truth. Please pray for us, too, that we would continue to follow Jesus' leading no matter where it takes us. If you feel like God is leading you to partner with us financially, all donations are greatly appreciated, no matter what the size is. You can give securely online at breadforthebroken.com. Thanks again for coming alongside us in sharing the gospel message. That's all that we have for today. Join Pastor James next time for more here on Bread for the Broken. Sure up you